Sup, Drew? Hey. <laughs> so awkward every time. <laughs> so much pause. I feel like there's a, a good percentage of our podcast which is like this wait before Drew says hello. Can he not hear you? Oh, no, he absolutely he can hear you. Oh. Yeah, this is just the way it happens every time. So, welcome to How College Works. As you might have realized, we have a guest. Guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Tia Singer. I am a second year science student. Okay. All right. So, we've had a lot of, maybe not a lot, enough people who are from the administrative side of things to explain what it is they do and then to help students understand how they should approach them. So, I wanted to tap a student to say, hello, student. Hello, Tia. Hi. <laughs> what is it that you do here? I learn. <laughs> Yay! So, Tia is not a regular listener to our podcast, so... Let me ask her a quick like, I have seniors right now who have decided on colleges uh, yesterday. <laughs> and so, like, what would you tell somebody on a second of, of, of their senior year that you wish you would have known a year ago? Or two years ago, I guess, for you, right? What would so like, like, like to know as a senior? Yeah. Yeah, like, if I had my seniors listen to this recording, what would you tell them to get ready for college? Um, no pressure. Something I didn't understand when I went to college was the credits. Um, I, when I visited many schools, they talked about, oh, I'm in a 15 credits, and I had no idea what that meant. And so I know that was something that took me a while to get used to. It didn't take long, but, like, it was a different style of learning. You're used to periods, so I've got seven classes that I have to take every semester, and that's just how it works. Whereas college is not like that. I've taken four classes in one year, but I've taken about uh, 15 credits because of that. And that didn't make sense to some people before. You take four classes where before you took seven, so you're mm -hmm. just over 50% of what you used to do. How was that workload? Um, <laughs> I actually had more in my 15 credits because I was taking Two science courses, which meant I had a three-hour lab and a two-hour lab on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it was actually a lot more work than I've ever had in high school. So we've talked about this a little bit before, but saying that the, the amount of work in a college class is roughly twice as amount of work mm -hmm. that you have in a high school class. So and You do most of it outside of class. In high school, I did a lot of my work in class, so I never really had a lot of homework unless it was a bigger task, whereas in college, it's lectures and homework for about uh, three hours a night if you're fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Most of the time it takes a little bit longer. That's not three hours on your phone, right? That's three hours of homework. Well, three hours of homework. It's probably about five hours if your phone's nearby. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. <laughs> it's what comes to calling. You gotta call. So, how is it that you spend an average day? Well, if I'm lucky... Um, first, first of all, she gets up, she thinks about physics, she does some physics. <laughs> right, yeah. Why wouldn't Eventually she comes to physics class, then she goes home and dreams about physics. Why wouldn't I do that? But on those so, days... My physics not, book is under my pillow to help me... Naturally, yes. Oh see physics better. It's it, good neck support on that. Mm -hmm. So when you're not doing that, in an average day, how are you, how well, are you this, spending your time? This semester I'm lucky I get to sleep in a little bit more. But um, so when So remember... You're talking to high school year. Right. What does sleep in mean um, to college, Tia? To college, Tia, I get to sleep in until, oh, what's a good day? This semester I can sleep in until 10, but last, but that depends on every given day. Other days I get to sleep in until 7.30, and then I get to go up to my 8 o'clock class. So, and then um, I work in lifeguarding because most students work on campus, so I would do lifeguarding for about three hours in the morning. And then if I'm, I'm part of the Student Government Association, so I have a meeting out sometime, and then I go to classes from oh, 1 to 5.15, and then dinner, and then homework till maybe a good, well, I'll probably take an hour off, so. From 7 to 9, probably doing homework, and then a break, and then more homework, and then I'm probably in bed by 1 or 2 in the morning. That's actually pretty good compared to what I think most of my students do. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on like a Tuesday schedule. But then the next day I get to sleep in until 10, go to lifeguarding for an hour, I get an hour break, go to classes from 2 to 5.15, and then... So your daily schedule is not the same for every day? Oh, no, it changes constantly. Okay, why is that? Um, 
depending on what kind of classes I'm taking, some classes are three times a week, other classes are only twice a week, so my classes are three times a week, don't have one on like Fridays, and then if lab, that throws everything off, and then if you're working or part of a club, you meet different times and labs take longer, so you're there for longer. Having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is different, that's for sure. Classes tend to run either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, yeah, Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday, I feel like we're mostly my lab classes. Mm. But then there's a lot, it's funny, there's a lot of um, what I would consider more extracurricular activities or classes on Tuesday, Thursdays. Classes that need a little bit more time, like sort of like uh, PE classes or uh, physical education courses or... The arts and the art classes. A lot of the arts classes need a lot more time to meet, so they'll do the Tuesday, Thursday, because you meet longer. Even though you're only meeting twice a week, you meet for a longer period of time. So one of the things that you talked about was credits, which the technical term is credit hours. Credit hours, yeah. These are mandated. We have to maintain a certain amount of of contact, sort of face-to-face contact, and also other things in labs and lectures count for different amounts of credit hours. Mm -hmm. But the way that boils down to is if you're taking a three or, or say a four credit class, which is 30%, 33% more work than the three credit class, there's a certain amount of contact hours that are needed. And so classes that meet on Tuesday, Thursday have longer periods. And so in sort of an ideal world, if you have the one hour, one hour, one hour on Monday, Wednesday, Friday for, for a, say a four credit class, you'll have an hour and a half on Tuesday, Thursday. So they are longer class periods to get as just as much contact instruction time. The way I always looked at it, if it, if it wasn't a lab, you're at least meeting for an hour for every credit. Correct. So labs, though, you only get one credit, but you're doing something different from a normal lecture course. So yes. most of my classes would be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is going to be three credit. If it's a Tuesday, Thursday, you meet for that extra half hour to get that extra third credit that you're not meeting for on another day. How's this compare with high school, Drew? It's been far too long since I went to high school. <laughs> well, I, like you already said, we have six classes, or some some kids have seven classes every day. You know, uh, fifty-five minutes. New subject, new subject, new subject, new subject. You know, repeat. <laughs> <laughs> they have the same classes every day, like Monday through Friday. They're going to English at eleven and history at two, whatever. Well, and I've seen that there's other, there's always this, uh, a different episode would be about uh, high school block schedules. Oh, yeah. My My high school did a combination. We did three days for seven periods, and then Tuesday, Wednesday were two block days. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's there's a couple of high schools around here that do that uh, blended kind of half and half. And I have an opinion on that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to talk about it, but I don't want to fill up our time. Um, Yeah, so I want to ask you about, like, my my high school students, no joke, ask me every year, twice a year, do you get to pick where you sit in college? (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) Um, Well, it's different. It depends, I think, on your class size. I remember when I came into physics, like, I wanted to sit farther back. But there were only four of us, so they all made us sit at one table. I did. So, because we, we had to be closer because one girl couldn't see from that far away. And we're like, okay, well, I'll move closer. Other times, you know, if you get there early, you can sit in the front like I like to do. Because then you're, like, with the professor. Um, other times, yeah, you don't get a choice. You can probably ask someone if they'd move, but I doubt they would do that on the first day. So how many classes have you had here where there has been assigned seating from the beginning? None. I've never had an assigned so, seat. Is my, that what they're worried about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did not catch that. No, we don't get assigned seats. No, I think that, that question is more a reflection of, of my classroom than it is about college. But anyway, yeah, what about so like uh, cell phones, computer, laptop? What do you bring to class with you? And what's like a typical like expectation for, for students your age, first year, second year? college does everybody out playing flappy bird and whatever the new game is or what's the deal i I think it depends on the student i prefer writing things down other kids uh or students will bring their laptops to work on most of the time we're actually working in class but i mean there are people who will just be on their phone and stuff and that's up to you because if you miss the information most of the times the professors are like well that's it end of class period as long as 
I mean, you could play Flappy Bird if you felt like it, but you're going to miss a whole bunch of information and life's going to become complicated. Wait, is there really something called Flappy Bird? Yeah, it's, it's really Oh my god, I'm so out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just making up stupid names. <laughs> but I mean, people bring their laptops and they will prefer to do something else during the lecture hour, and that's totally up to you. But uh, the best thing to do would to be to focus, because <laughs> you're only going to be there for about 50 minutes, and if you don't get what you need, then you don't got anything. Yeah. I'll point out that that is also uh, dependent upon what the professor Professors dictates. will say no phones. Or no laptops, no or laptops. I believe my, I believe, my policy is that I'm not going to prohibit you from bringing them in, but you got to let me know if you need them or what you're doing, and if I find you basically being disrespectful to me and your peers in my classroom by like playing Flappy Bird, then I'm going to take your phone, I'm going to eject you from class, you can come get it at the end of class. As long as you don't abuse it, most professors are pretty I mean, good. But most of the time, like if professors have gotten done with you doing that Flappy Bird too much, they'll punish the whole class. And then for years on, no one will be allowed to take anything. So wow. it's best not to I be mean, playing on your phone. I try not to punish the entire class. But yeah, that can be a thing where like we just get, I mean, we're people. We get fed up. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. if, if I get tired of dealing with them, we just like, listen, it's not worth my time to allow people who can use responsibly use responsibly because there's too many people who can't. I'm just going to shut that down. So I'm asking you like serious questions that high school kids are actually asking me, and I can just tell them what I did in college. But so the next question is, what about the bathroom? What about? Like, it? Do they have to ask to go? Like they have to ask me because I because they're not 18, so I'm responsible for every moment of the day when they're in my class. Like if if I don't know where they are, that's a legal issue. But meanwhile, in college, how's that work? You can go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, no one ever really says anything. They just get up and go. It's kind of a bit of a distraction, and everyone notices. But when you come, to the, they get, know what you're doing. It's a giant distraction, so most people would wait. But uh, you have a lot of time to get go to the bathroom beforehand, so it's usually just planning. And some people will point it out, but one thing is that we have ten minutes between periods, an hour, an, an instruction hour. Like, yeah, an instruction hour is 50 minutes, like mm -hmm. that's mandated. So it's not a full hour, it's not, it's not 55 minutes, it's only 50 minutes. You're talking uh, about your college classes now. Yeah, yeah. Also, Steve was pointing out, like, you're not in class the entire stretch. Like, you, might, you, you may, if you end up getting scheduled, like, three classes back to back, that might end up being a little rough, but often you have at least an hour break between, between things. Well, and unless you're like a huge campus, like that's like a mile to get from one class to the other, which you do on a bike or take a bus anyway, you Shout have out time. Madison. You have time to go to the bathroom. Stop going during my class, people who go to the bathroom during my class. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anyone ask to go to the bathroom, depending oh. on your class size. They mostly just kind of, and the professor usually kind of st says at the beginning, like, if you've got to go to the bathroom, you might just get up and go. Others will say, like, ask. Most of the time the professor will give you their opinion on it because they've, they've seen it all before. So they'll know people have got to go to the restroom. So here's how I prefer you do it. I guess Thank I don't. Thank you for answering that. That's, I know that's a weird question. I don't say anything to my students. It's not like a syllabus policy or anything. But they, I get asked at least once a semester, can I go yeah. to the bathroom? I'm like, I don't know, can you? Yeah, let me get those. <laughs> I know my one of my professors mentioned it, because she just leaves the door open, and so it's like, if you have to go, just quietly, I, please try not just make a show out of it, but go to the restroom. You've got to go, you got to go. Anything else? Burning questions, Drew? Man, I can, you know, I'm going to get like six questions tomorrow from my students too, but that's all right. We'll, we'll do them on email or something. Yeah. Sure, yeah, that's fine. That's fine too. Speaking of got to go, I've got to step out. <laughs> <laughs> like go home to be with your children. Right, like end my half. So you guys can <laughs> all right, take it easy, Drew. Bye-bye. It was nice meeting you. So how were you cut when you came in as a as a first-year student compared to now, do you think? Like in what aspect? Are you more mature? Are you, how, what, what have you figured out, I guess? Yeah, basically. Because um, I, I will tell you that in my experience, first semester, first-year students are a hot mess. They don't mean to be, and they're not, not by high school standards, but by like adult standards. 
I think the biggest struggle is struggling with how much freedom you have. Mm -hmm. So now you're like, you don't have a class back to back. You've got hours of free time sometimes. And some days, like, you don't even have a class because it doesn't fit in. Like, I had labs where I couldn't have any classes on that morning, and so nothing fit in and nothing I was required to take. So I've had Thursdays off all day. And the big thing is becoming being able to schedule yourself. High school is easy. You get up at the same time, you go to the same classes, and you're done at the same time of the day and you schedule whenever you want to do something into that. But you really need to juggle your free time and your napping time. I noticed that gets a lot of students. They're just like, I was up all night, so I have an hour between this class and this class, I'll take a nap. And then they don't go. Hashtag Tanya. Oh. <laughs> you want to give a shout out to your roommate? <laughs> she never goes to anything. And she suffered for that. She's taken classes twice because of it, and it got worse the next semester. So. I, I have a friend I went to college with who was taking, I forget what the class was, it was like second or third semester math, so it was like calculus, Stats. I think, mm -hmm. and he was, all, I was all like, man, shouldn't you, don't you got an exam coming up or something? I was like, every day for yeah. class. Well, she he, had it with me. He was all like, you know, um, that was cool, this is the third time I've taken it. I was like, maybe <laughs> the fact that this is the third time you've taken it means you don't got this, like such a cakewalk, because you didn't get it the first two times. Yeah. I mean... Managing that extra and sometimes you've got hours between classes sometimes you have a really an eight o'clock class And then maybe you don't have a class till four mm. So you really got to be good at planning that and that's something that I've noticed I've had to do better on and then also um, Finding where's a good study space. So living in dormitories isn't always the easiest Or residence halls um, isn't always the easiest because you have a roommate and I work better without someone in the room So I have to find a better space to work in and that can be a struggle because I prefer to work in my rooms And you don't want to pay for a large single large Have you seen the singles on campus? <laughs> when I where I went to college large. there was you could you could get what was called a large single Which was a double room, but with only one person. Oh a double single. You don't get to choose those you encourage your roommate to either never return, <laughs> or you get to be a, 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 a um, upperclassman in a BA suite, and then you can pay for a double single. But oh. being a second year, I didn't get that opportunity. Well, I didn't have a large single until my junior year either. So. What? I had a double single my second semester because I earned what? a 4.0, and that was Ooh. one of the perks. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, well, as we've discussed, my first semester I took freshman composition and got a C, so oh, 4.0 was not happening. <laughs> I mean, it's nice your first year to have a roommate. It's the strangest thing. Like, my parents, since I went to a school so far away, just dropped me off in Missouri, thousands of miles from my home, and I was now living with a stranger I had never met before. This does happen. And okay. that was it. And they told me to go to classes that had didn't, like, schedule, never looked anything like high school again, and they told me just to... You're going to do good Don't now. Go. You, you graduated, and it, it's the scare. Like, I remember thinking back on it, like, why is this a thing that people do? But it, I, mean, I mean, to be fair, living with strangers is something that you tend to do for a while. I just feel it was so... As you, like, like rent an apartment with roommates that you don't know. But it's definitely interesting, and I think it's always good. Um, you may not always like your roommate, but there's someone who's there, and they're going usually through the same thing you are, and so you really get pretty close. you just gotta, you got to handle your new... Freedom. Some people don't do that very well. No. They go off the rails. Uh huh. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of fresh. And then it is a little bit more. It is work. Some classes, um, especially if you really like them, can be easier for you. So they don't take as much time to study for. And other classes, especially in a college level, are a lot harder. And it's mm -hmm. going to take a lot more time to get through it. And obviously, calculus-based physics would be the former rather than the latter. Easier. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be selfish and ask about writing. Oh, do it, do it. So, um, you took, did you take writing here? I took writing 101 and 102. Okay, um, you don't don't give me any specifics, but um, um, but was it different than writing in high school? Um, and like, I guess how so, and what was, what were the sort of road bumps that you had to get over? So, writing in high school, I feel like a little bit easier in the way that they didn't grade as harshly. In a certain matter, I mean, you're, you're expected to be able to write at a certain level. What also surprised me was that lots of students hadn't written at a level that I had in high school. Because mm. um, I've, I've taken, like, upper-level English before, and most of the students didn't know how to write a paper well. Which I feel hold, held some of the class back in 
um, other classes. Um, we just kind of pushed through. <laughs> we're like, we're just going to do it. The papers were, I noticed, a lot longer, which took a lot longer to develop and go through, which isn't something in high school. I think my longest paper in high school was probably five pages, and that was my senior year, so you didn't have to do anything as complicated mm. than when you were younger or an underclassman. I don't know. I actually didn't notice, since I took such upper-level English, it wasn't as difficult for me, though um, we wrote a lot on a subject matters that I may not have agreed on. And in high school, you might be able to debate about that. In college, your professor is like, this is what we're talking about. So um, you don't get an option. And I didn't always want to write about it. But you had to you had to make it through. And most of the time, a university is really good because they'll have writing centers. So if you are struggling, you can meet with tutors and such. That is right. Writing centers are the best. I will point out that Melly did not prompt that at yeah. all. I don't even know the student. I've never had a class. No. <laughs> I met her, I saw you for the first time at Battle of the Bard, and I was like, who is that girl? And we won. I heard. English Honor Society. For the science major. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all over <laughs> So one of the things you mentioned is that the things that you have to write about, there is no negotiation. Mm -mm. Do you have to say a particular thing in those papers? No. I don't think so. I like... So one of the I was able still to give my own opinion on whatever topic it was. Like, it's still you, but you just don't get to choose everything that you like. You still get to talk, like, you're still giving your thoughts and your own perspective on something. So, I don't hear it too often, but I have heard actual real-life students say it, is that you have to write what the professor wants, by which they mean, like, you have to ex express the opinion that your professor has in order to get a good grade. I've heard that, but I've never, I never had to do that. I don't feel, I still gave my opinion the way I wanted to, whether it was what the professor wanted or not. As long as you followed the guidelines, they really, like, they can't really be mad at you for giving your opinion when you did everything that was required. But I guess the kids still could, but I know there's some students on campus that felt like they couldn't express their opinions, um, but, I feel like if you do it in a respectful manner and you follow what you were asked to do, as long as it follows, you should... As long as you write well. I always felt comfortable right. with it, but well, maybe my opinions matched. Well, well, and maybe it's also a difference in terms of the amount of writing that you had. That the, the difference that I see is that agreeing with the professor and writing a good paper are two different things. Mm -hmm. You can disagree, but, but write it well. Support right. it and explain it. Evidence, support, that's the thing. Warrants. So people are all the time being like, well, I can't write what I want. I'm like, well, what's your argument? And I'm like, that fails the logic test. <laughs> like, I can't trace your thought process. And they're like, well, but that's what I think. And I'm like, well, but you can't write about it because it doesn't make logical sense. And they get kind of upset sometimes, but they haven't quite figured out their argument or they can't trace it back or they can't support it with evidence. And it's more just... Um, I don't really necessarily love to help students write like racist or <laughs> bigoty kind of papers, but if they want to and they have evidence that one meets the criteria, which is often hard to do with a lot of those the topics that some of them like to argue about or whatever. It will be harder to write a paper that you're not invested in, and if you don't want to give your, because I know some people like don't want to be able to give their opinion because they are scared of a backlash, mm -hmm. and I've never felt that way, but. I know it happens to some students, but um, if you decide to go that route, it's going to be harder to write a paper because you're not invested. Right. So just be prepared for that if that's the route you want to take. So I do choose, well, this semester I'm trying a topic sort of focused class for my research writing. Mm -hmm. And I was reading their reflections and stuff this week, and some of them were like, I was really glad that we read, you know, we read some sources together, and then they branched off and found their own sources. And some of them really liked that. And other women thought it was a super huge waste of their time. <laughs> so. I mean, you can never please everybody. I have a, oh. I have a I physics that Tia is in as a four-person class. Mm -hmm. Four students, I should say. If I include myself as a person, which is debatable, yeah. then <laughs> But it's, you know, what they're four very different, maybe not very different, different enough, you know, people that what, if we did the class exactly as Tia wants it, the other three would probably for much of the time be like either lost or bored 
or perhaps both it happens at the same time. like when someone asks a question in class like I'm like I already understand this and I just get to sit there and be like la 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 what gets us in trouble is when I start picking up a conversation with Tori and we're just like oh did you see that the weather today and then we're on off a whole new subject yes only because it's probably because you're not talking about the physics of the weather right if I discussed the physics part of the thing that I wanted to sort of pick your brain about is that the sort of the advice and the experience that you have from having basically completed two years of college that is would be useful to people who have not come or would be just starting out because not everyone there are a relatively small number of people who will listen to this as soon as it comes out <laughs> and most people will catch it some other time you know so what is your advice for dealing with professors you got to be respectful they're not gonna listen to you if you're just gonna be like i don't like this <laughs> yes you need to have a solution like if you're like i'm struggling with this can we do something like this? Or can you help me find a solution is probably the best way to do it. Just going up to someone and be like, I don't like your teaching style. Huh. Well, you're huh. going to suffer even more huh. because they're not going to change. Dear listeners, I'd like to point out, <laughs> Tia has not listened to any of our podcasts. I haven't. So the fact that she is like basically quoting Melody and I huh. is... <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it doesn't work. And you have to, I mean, you have to think realistically. And um, I've always noticed that my professors will work around situations if I have them but you just got to be respectful and you got to understand like they have more experience and they've been doing this for a longer time and sometimes and that also happens wait so it's possible that I do actually know how to teach my class maybe possible it's possible for more than 50% here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want more than 50% come on <laughs> learn what you want um but, and like, they're also learning. They will change their ideas. I always get this all the time in some of my classes. They're like, I'm glad, this is like new I'm trying this year and I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm like, you guys hate it, clearly this isn't gonna work. And so they'll take things out like that and change their courses to kind of match. And they're always changing to work better to have the perfect course. It doesn't exist, but we try. We, they, yes. Well, and no matter how many times I've taught a class, the students are different. Right. The political and social climate is different. You know, there's all these variables that I can teach the, a class that was like near perfection one semester. I teach it again a year later and it's a disaster. So, I mean, and it really is kind of like that. And yeah. it, it doesn't come from lack of planning or lack of thought. It just is situational sometimes. And I, I can't always gauge how students are going to respond. And sometimes they're like, ah, this is a completely unreasonable amount of homework. And I'm like, been assigning it for 10 years. I don't know where your problem is. Um, but <laughs> so I don't know. Right. So I'm glad that at least it's somewhat noticeable that we are, I like the word for a phrase, reflective practitioners. Because yes. um, we do. We, it's like a craft. It's something that we want to be better at, that we want to be a great experience for everyone. Because if the classroom is happy, oh, Makes my job a lot easier. It just—it's really rough whenever students I've, are disgruntled. I've or... had classes where like half the class is—I mean, so physics is not necessarily like easiest, but oh no, I think it's more other things were going on, and just like there's an entire like quarter of the room is just like not giving today. me the death stare, <laughs> like every, every single day. class. I'm like, I can't work with it. Like I can't. So do you get the same sort of thing where math or science just isn't my thing? Oh, in my one-on-ones, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I hear that probably 12 times a day. English isn't my thing. Writing, yeah. Oh, this isn't my class, and I'm like, I'm so tired of, you know, I'm like, well, suck it up, buttercup, you gotta take it anyway. Do you have advice on how to, suck it how up, or if buttercup. to tell your professors how you feel about their class? Um, most of the time I just give positive opinions. <laughs> I like, there's constructive criticism that you can give, like, hmm. This really isn't working for us. And like you said, it changes every year with certain students. And if you're struggling, like, my best advice is to talk to the professor because they're most likely going to know the best way to help you out. They're the ones teaching the course. So yeah, you just gotta suck it up. There's not much you can do. Like there's certain classes you're required to take and it's just cause that's like um, needed into life. Like you gotta be able to write something. It doesn't get easier. Something my dad told me was that he thought that if he went into like the military, he wouldn't have to do like school. But to continue to advance the military, you have to take a bunch of tests. Oh. It's just studying and there's writing and there's reports and there's all this stuff. 
So you can't get away from it. Like, there's jobs where you have to fill out reports constantly, so you need to be able to learn to write. Yeah. You have to yeah. calculate taxes, so you've got to be able to do math. Um, if you want to know why it rains, you got to take a science class. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is it raining? Well, the colder in Massachusetts. <laughs> I did have to explain, because we have a new faculty member who's not from the Midwest, and that's where we are, and she's like, I do not understand what causes tornadoes. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell you about... Some complex yeah. stuff. <laughs> but like at the same time, she's like, is it going to be tornado? I'm like, no, it's, I mean, there's no difference of like, there's no meeting of warm air and cold air or whatever. Yeah. And so like having to explain that, but yeah. Yeah, you learn about those things. You do. Because some people are like, oh, it's perfect tornado weather. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. by, by the way, Tia and listeners, if it's sort of windy and blustery and the clouds turn green, get yourself inside. Oh, don't just go inside. Go to the basement. Basement, right. Yeah. You don't want to just be inside a building. Like, whatever it is about tornado stuff, it really tends to make the clouds look green. So if you're seeing green, it's, it's not a good scene. Tia, you're obviously super uncomfortable speaking with us. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> Which is one of the things that I think, like Melody and I, really want our students to have is to be comfortable talking to us. Were you comfortable talking to professors when you first came to college? No. Okay. It's well when you first show up, like you don't even not even comfortable with your high school teachers when you first meet them. You're not comfortable with anyone when you first meet them, and it can be really intimidating, especially your what first year. What about The Rock? What about Dwayne The Rock Johnson? What? Would you be comfortable with him? Not at first, but I feel like he's a really cool guy. I think he'd make it really easy. Yeah, okay, anyway. Sorry, go on. Um, So, I mean, it's just like anything when you're meeting a new person. It's going to take, you're going to have that first awkward class where no one will say a word to the professor, and they have to sit there and be like, can anyone, is everyone alive? And no one will respond. And it's like, okay, cool, everyone's dead. We can probably all just leave. And then the class will erupt into excitement. Like, oh, class class begins again. Um, It's just going to take a while. And then you just... Um, the best thing to do is to continue to communicate with your professor and be active in class because then they notice you and then it becomes easier to talk with them. And you just have to continue to communicate. It becomes easier that way. Because if you just hide behind closed doors, like they're not going to notice you and you're not going to say anything and that's pretty much just how it's going to be. So my takeaway is ask questions in class is a good start. Yes, it's a good start if you have something to ask. Sometimes you don't have anything to say. But I mean, you can always talk to, if you have questions, it's best to just, um, I don't know, all my class sizes are small, but like introducing yourself to a professor when you have a large class size is probably a good idea because then they'll notice you. If you sit closer, they'll notice you. Um, asking questions is a good way to get noticed as so well. would you introduce yourself? How would you do such a thing? I'm guessing it's not stand up in the middle of class. No. Like, Hello, professor. My name is Tia. Hello. It, it would be hard on the first day, but that's probably the best day to do it. That way it's not weird when you're like three weeks in and you're like, hi, my name is. <laughs> on the first day, I would say something. Um, probably Before class, after class, during class? After class. I'm going to get the vibe of the professor first if they're going to want to talk to you at all. But most of the times, you know, the first day is probably best because that's for introductions and like them getting to know you, you getting to know them. And then, um, you know, if you want to meet outside of class, if you have questions, just emailing. And I'm sure they'd be willing, from what I've noticed, most professors are used to speaking with new people, so they're usually pretty open about talking to somebody. We do it basically twice a year. Right. So they're, they're getting used to it, too. So if it's best just to introduce yourself, probably, if you don't have any other way of needing to talk to them. I might say that an introduction with nothing to say feels really awkward, that you might approach them and say something like, Hi, my name is Tia. I, I'm a little worried about these aspects right. of the class. That's what I was saying. Like, you kind of need a reason to talk to them yeah. before you. It's not just going to happen. But asking questions is probably the easiest way to start communicating. That's true. That's true. It would be really awkward, actually, to introduce yourself and be like, Hi, my name is Tia. I, I am going to be awesome in this class and crush it. <laughs> that might I think give... you'd appreciate that, though. I, what would you do if a student came up to you and be like, Hi, my name, I'm super excited for your class, and I'm totally just going to crush this class. <laughs> You're like, like, see you tomorrow. I'd be like, okay. challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> see? The professor would like that. And there's other professors that are like super awkward. I had a really introvert professor, and yeah, talking to him was difficult. So you kind of just had to to learn. And sometimes, you know, maybe you just won't get anywhere with that professor. And it's tough. I mean, there's professors out there who just like, 
you're wondering why you're here, but hey, it's a part of life. There's some people that you don't understand why they won't speak, but they will, that's just <laughs> what they do. And you kind of just have I will, to... I will say the professor does not speak, period, is a problem. <laughs> right. you know? but I mean, like, when they don't, like, communicate outside of class very well, which can be a challenge, but it's just something you have to work with. Huh. Flexibility. <laughs> problem solving. Talking to people. Yeah. Communication is key. Yeah, we've talked about these things. We have. Yeah. It's almost as if we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> Let's not oversell ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. It's nice to hear this. I mean, I don't know her, so like she's saying all this stuff. I like the way you speak of Tia as if she's not here. Well, I don't know <laughs> you. But like, she's reiterating all the things that we've said. It's um, kind of exciting. It's at least you we, know, maybe validating. maybe we should just let Tia do the podcast. But it's also noticing these things and then doing them. Well, that's true. Which because I'm pretty sure most these like the students realize it. They just don't want to because it's work. Do they realize it? Because sometimes I wonder because it feels like their self awareness level is pretty low. There are those people. I know there's people out there who are just like, yeah, I see all these things, but I don't want to do it. So I don't want to think about it. That yeah, way. I will. Like so, that's one of the things about. So college, I view it as a time of transition from basically being a minor to being an adult. Mm-hmm. So as, as we've talked about before, like you come in 18, so you're age of majority, but all your experience is as a minor, right? You don't automatically become a full actualized human being the moment you turn 18. As much as high school seniors do not want to hear that. Sorry, high school seniors. You do have rights, not, not denying that. But there's this transition in, in, in having part of this whole adulting business is like, this is thing I really do not look uh, forward to doing. There are so many things that I like hate doing. But, like, but I, I have do to it. do them. And part of it is learning how to like get past that step and, and make those things happen. Because not, not doing it is an action just as strongly as doing it is an action. Right. Hmm. And obviously professors are super awkward, intimidating, unfair, capricious people. Some of them can be. Some of them can be, right? And maybe you should steer clear of those. But most of the time, most most of the, the professors are there because they want to teach you something. Right. Well, even the ones that are fairly intimidating. I think there is there is at least one professor on this campus who I, who I know who I think has a reputation for being kind of intimidating and really tough. But having spoken to them, that's almost kind of like a persona they put on because they are really... A very quiet kind of shy introvert introverted person and so they have to put on this persona to I'm not to, curious to do this not, I don't think I can share that <laughs> who they are with you but they put on this persona in order to, to do this job they want to do you know and so if you were to like be inside their head where it might be seem all cool and implacable inside it's like hamstrung a wheel like nervous you know kind of a thing is probably going on internally where externally they have a, a very different sort of way they come across. I mean, and that's not necessarily that uncommon for people who are shy or introverts. You need to learn to deal with people even just because of life and school, like in high school. Like, you just cannot not deal with people in high school. It's just not possible, not really. You know, and so you, you learn to deal with things, and the way you come across to people who are outside your friend group in high school may be very different than the way that you act with your friends my students aren't really my friends. <laughs> so there are things that, like, there's the ways I act with my peers that I'm not going to act with my students. But we're not crazy or mean people, generally speaking. You know? Well, Clifford, right now, I mean, I kind of do hate everyone. It's the end of the semester. Oh. <laughs> there's it doesn't a lot of feel like it. it. never does. <laughs> no, it won't feel like it's over until, like, a week after you're actually done. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, there's something I need to be doing. I what know. What is it? <laughs> So we have really small classes here. Um, All right, it's hard to, I don't know, I, I wouldn't know what, a, what you would do in a room of 300, which is what most freshman classes are like, which is why I chose this school. Right. Because I don't So obviously, like, those, those lectures are 300 students. Those students aren't speaking to the professor or to mm-hmm. each other. They're listening and taking notes for the most part. I did take an astronomy class once. It was, like, 150, and we had to do group work sometimes, and I was like... I think my largest That's pedagogically good. I know, but it was a little weird because we're in this huge lecture hall. But like, for, at least for my classes, and I know that I teach a little differently than, say, Dr. Highland does, but like, discussion is important. And like, you're saying like, hello, are you awake? Are you alive? Blah, blah, blah. 
last few weeks have been pretty pretty rough. Oh god, yeah. Because like <clears throat> no one's motivated. No one no one has time for my stuff. Oh my god, do not tell me that. Stop telling me that. Oh I know. I had to write that. You have I don't think you've told me that, do you? I don't think we have. No, you well, mostly because I, I would because our class is small and I've had basically all four of you for two full semesters at this point, like I will just tell you how bad it's of an idea it is to tell me that. I mean, if you I know we've said it, but most, like, it's more of just the thing where it's like, it's why I haven't done it yet. Right. Most, we still usually end up getting it done. That's true. I start with, I haven't done it yet. Not that I don't have time, I just uh, haven't done it yet. <laughs> Listeners, so you cannot busy. see, you cannot see the flesh peeling back from Melody's face. I've been so busy, and I'm like, what? <laughs> don't even talk to me about busy. Yeah. So, like, anyway, like, participation is a thing that's important, at least in my classes. And whenever you don't read or you don't do your homework or you don't bring your draft, it's freaking noticeable. I mean, like, 15 is what our comp classes are capped at, which is lower, quite a bit lower than the national average. But even of the 20 students, I when I had classes before of 20, 25, and 30, I knew all their names. I could tell when they didn't read. And it was a real pain in my ass. It's difficult. Yeah, I don't know how students get through that. So I was still so guilty. <laughs> I know, and there are different kinds of students, but like, so you do have to actually do your homework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. If you don't do your homework, then the class is moving on without you, and you're a whole day behind, and then you're trying to figure out what's happening, and you don't have a clue, and so now you're another day behind because you have to figure out what you did from last night's homework to understand what just happened in lecture, and then you have to do tonight's homework. So you can figure out what's going on in the next lecture. Wait, so like classes are sequentially ordered and they build upon one another? Yes. Dang. Yeah, physics really. I have yeah. never finished an entire book before from head to toe, from like... Well, we did. Uh, oh, we did. Oh, yeah, chapter one to chapter 25. Yeah. We have finished a physics book. I've never done that before. I've never Congratulations. Finished. Yay. Yes. Another thing one of my Mark students said last... Spring was she's like one of the things I wish I had known. She's like that was a myth that my you know friends in college had said was that oh attendance doesn't matter. You can miss however many days you want. Depends. I mean, well, I depends, mean, can, but also like, no. That is a personal preference, I guess. But you, um, depending on your professor, there's actual punishments to that. Like like there's a requirement so, to like you have to be there. You can only miss so many days, and I mean you do have the like the choice to not come, but there will be consequences to that that you may not notice right away because your teacher may not say anything, but you'll notice in your workload and the fact that when you finally actually go to lecture, you don't know what's happening. And then your test grade will fail, and then you'll have to retake the class next semester. And it wasn't so much fun the first time, clearly, because you never went. So it was just going to be a joy the next semester, and then you're behind because you didn't take a prerequisite. And oh yeah, I yeah. couldn't imagine. Yeah, so there are some, as you say, there are some classes where there is a there is a penalty. So I'm I'm co-teaching a um, half semester class right now. So it only meets for eight times. So we wrote in there. Yeah, I think you can miss two, <clears throat> and if each of those two lowers your grade, if you miss a third, you just you just fail the class. That that's all there is to it. Like that's too much. We only have eight meetings. You can't miss a, like nearly a third uh, or over a third of the of the class and, and expect to you know, just do pass. Mm -hmm. Like no, you're just gonna fail. I've had classes like that. You've missed this many times. You just it's done. It's done. It's over. Yeah. Whereas in most of my classes, I don't have an attendance policy that's associated with your grade. But as you point out, if you just don't come to my class, a lot of my classes discussion based in even if it's just in the terms of. I come in and the first thing we do is like, what do we need to talk about? And then you tell me what didn't make sense and then we talk about that. So mm -hmm. if you're not coming to my classes, you don't get that. You don't get the explanations. So if you're like, no, I get it, it's totally 100% crystal clear, then sweet, I mean. I would like to meet that student yeah. that understood the <laughs> exact <laughs> reading. <laughs> they, they may already be a few years advanced in a physics degree, but, <laughs> but they don't, you know. It's undercover they, boss. Undercover. <laughs> So. Well, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's hard for writing because, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I understand this, like, the one-year stuff is sequential. And my stuff definitely builds on each other. And everything we do in class, 
usually leads up to contributing to a writing assignment. But people are so used to writing being like an individualized activity that they don't feel like they need instruction or they don't need their peers' input. I, I've had a student writing a reflection paper which was, has some good bones but was not really where it could be, tell me that A, they were a better writer than anybody, any of the other students, so peer review was not useful to them. And basically tell me in not so many words that they knew how to write better than the English professors here. Oh. To which I was like, oh. Okay. Huh. Like, I don't. I don't know who you are, but you don't. I've run into the struggle where I feel like some of my peers aren't at the same level as me, but they still have different opinions because you're, depending on your audience, it's going to, uh, some people may understand what you're writing about and some people may not, and other people may have a different opinion. So it's kind of interesting to get those, but I've, I have seen that before. But I mean, any criticism is good criticism in a way. So. Yeah. Some criticism is stupid. Yeah, well then you, you get well, to do that. Well, so constructive criticism it's, is criticism where you're like, this is something that I don't like or I don't think is right. Here is why, and here is a way that you might be able to rectify this. If you're just like, you suck. Some, like, yeah. that's not constructive. Some I can't peers do aren't good at that. They're not good at they, yeah. Some people need help in being able to learn how to peer review. Right, right. Well, well everyone does, there. really. Yeah. Nobody comes in. No, sometimes they're really bad. I would like to shift gears really quick and ask... What is it that you've learned about, not the academics, but the social aspect of being in college? Um, you need to get involved. I've noticed most people who aren't involved on our campus fall through the cracks, and they want to leave as soon as possible. And um, some people live nearby, and so they go home every weekend. It's because they're able to do that. And I've noticed they're usually less involved on campus. They usually don't like campus um, and stuff like that. And just going out and hanging out with your sweet mates or your roommate or getting involved on a club or going to one of the games. I've noticed those people usually do better and have a more fun experience because not only is college academic but it's also a huge social place and you get you make a lot of connections and stuff while you're on campus and if you don't do that and you just stay in your room like that could work for you too but you're missing out on a lot. I've noticed, and most of the time they have a harder time, especially because you're away from your family, you're away from everyone, not all the time, but most of our students are away from everyone they've ever known, and if you decide to close yourself off, it's going to be a harder struggle. So on the opposite end of that, can you be too involved? You can. Oh my gosh, you can. I don't know how many people, I've known one girl who's like in every club, and it takes up, I mean, there's lots of meetings to go to, there are lots of events. And like, like you do homework every night, so trying to go to six meetings in one night, and yeah, it's, I've, had, I've had some meetings go everywhere. Um, and it becomes too much of a struggle and too much weight, especially if you take on a lot of responsibility. Like I have a tendency to take over leadership roles when I feel no one else can accomplish the task that I know I can, and then um, next thing you know, like I missed a night of homework, and so I have to stay up later, and the consequence is I didn't sleep well, and then I'm irritated in the morning. But you gotta go to class anyways, because it's not gonna help if you miss. So you just go. But um, yeah, you gotta be involved, but you have to still understand that you are at college to get your degree is your main goal, and not to uh, party every night and see who can drink the most or who can like run around no campus three times. <laughs> in four minutes or something I don't know what some people do or be able to like go to uh, every like you don't have to go to every event on campus and some people like that has to be a thing for them and some people it's a good like a moment to yourself or to stop studying but there are some people who they're so involved that they forget why they're here right some really good students who I think are like very capable you strike me as one of those um, who take on slightly too much and then like then it becomes a pretty stressy semester, and you're thinking, God. And I noticed that second years do this. Sophomores do it a little more than freshmen. Well, obviously, freshmen don't have the opportunity. But once you've like gone through the first year, you're like, hey, yeah, no, I got this college thing. I think I know what I'm doing. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Your 200 level classes, though, do step it up. Right? Yeah. That was like, that was one of the things. Like, your second year, you've moved on now. You're not in 101 anymore. And it yeah. gets, your classes get harder, and there's more work related because they become less similar to what you've already known. Because mm -hmm. a lot of 101s can either recap a lot of what you've learned and then teach you something a little bit new, but after that, it's usually a lot of new information. And 
it's going to be a little bit more of a struggle to get the concepts. That's just, I mean, it happened to me. It happened at the graduate level, like after my first year. I was like, oh, I'll do this, I'll do this. And I was like, what am I doing? Happened here as a faculty member. I took on too much my second year because of that same con comfort and confidence. I know something that I was really worried about for my roommate was um, she completed a lot of stuff in high school. And I've noticed that DC credits are, they're easier still in high school. Even though they're a higher level course, it's still easier in high school. And so she finished chemistry. So she's like, I'm gonna go to organic. Uh -huh. And she has struggled hardcore as a freshman. Yeah, and I will, yeah we should point out that dual enrollment or as a, as a professor, if someone's coming to me with physics credit, I actually prefer they have AP credit than dual enrollment because AP is much more structured. Mm -hmm. it, I know what they, they're gonna do, I, I trust that that AP score is meaningful. I, I have very little confidence in a dual enrollment or a community college course being at the level of rigor that my courses are at. You've taken both of my upper, upper mid-level, my 200 level physics courses, Tia. Is that the kind of thing that you would be getting in dual enrollment or a community college? Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> not at all. You know, it's, it's, I've had students advisees who come in is like they've done a full year basically at community college and then they're like yeah I got this down it's like okay yeah you got this down it's like no no they ain't got this down <laughs> like that first semester is really rough for them because we enroll as if they were a second year student basically and that load is a little that's a, yeah and that was what I, was really, I told her like that's probably not your smart I'm like you're just a freshman just take it your sophomore year like get used to campus get used to some of the classes you're gonna be required to take um, and then maybe take on the task of an upper level course. I'm not saying she couldn't do it, like some people can handle that, um, but I feel like if she had gotten, you know, she's also a sports player, so she's got that on top of everything, and organic is a what, five credit class, so yeah. you have lab twice a week instead of once a week, and then you're you got lecture. You're gonna earn every one of those five credits oh, yeah. in that class. Organic, I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Um, and I, that was a bad decision, and I know she knows that now, and she realizes that she's gonna have to retake organic again when she, in her second year, because of the fact that she wasn't ready for it. And I think you also need to be aware of those classes, like the prerequisites are there for a reason, and it's to help prepare you for the next class, and um, and there's also people around to help you too if you are struggling, because mm -hmm. classes, I mean, there's some classes that are just hard, and you're just gonna yep. have to work through that. Physics. Yeah, there's, there's not much I can in good conscience do to make calculus-based physics an easy course. It's, it's just not. That's not that what that course is. Well, Tina, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> thank you. So, listeners, if you would like to get us a question, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Hyland, D-O-C-T-O-R-H-Y-L-A-N-D. Or if you have a longer question... You can email me. I'm peter.o.hyland, H-Y-L-A-N-D, at gmail.com. And from last week's episode, I have clipped... <laughs> was that last week? Yeah. Oh. That was week. We technically recorded it the week before. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I have clipped Melly and I singing the theme to Reading Rainbow. If you send me a question and request it, I will send you that MP3. Pretty fabulous. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. Goodbye.